Hey everyone, it's Sean. Uh, just wanted to let you know, in the middle of the episode, you might hear that the recording style changes a little bit. Uh, we just had some technical issues and we had to move from our normal way to recording it on Zoom. Uh, shouldn't be a big deal, hopefully the sound quality is still pretty good, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up uh, beforehand so that you didn't think something was wrong with your phone or headphones. So anyway, enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Rogers, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at TexasFootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF, and you can become a subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. But we got Ishmael Johnson in the house, but we actually have a new place for you to go and follow. Yeah. On, on Twitter, we are at DCTFCFB. Yeah, it's right now. It's just a bunch of uh, bad photoshops from us, but um, <laughs> bunch of bad memes. Right, right, bad memes. But you know, once obviously, once this weekend gets done and you're you're done with your recap stuff, I know you got your five things article just posted there. Um, we'll have this podcast, of course, posted there. Uh, we'll still be post. You know, there'll still be stuff shared from the main account, obviously at DCTF. But uh, this is going to be just college football stuff, like a little nice little home for. Just kind of our one, our antics, obviously, but also uh, the your your content. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, just to take you behind a little bit, like you know, for us, obviously, we have so much content that comes out, right? Mm-hmm. Just just in terms of our staff, and yeah. I think that it's it's uh, you know, we have so much great high school stuff and so much great college stuff. We just wanted to for there to be a place right where you know that you can get the college stuff you can get our reporting on on obviously the fbs schools and everything from top to bottom obviously you know we've written about i mean i think i did the numbers last year right and last year i think i wrote about 39 of the 47 (laughs) fbs or sorry uh four-year schools in america Mm -hmm. so like you know we we do a top to bottom so we just wanted to make sure that you have a place where you know every single day you're going to get college football content so make sure and follow us at dctf cfb anyway Let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, we were joking a little bit right before we started recording this that, uh, yeah, we might not have very many good teams this year. Oh, man. Um, yeah, everyone sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and, and before we get into I mean, I do think that there are two extremely good teams in this state. Right, and they're gonna be number one and two. I think that you can probably guess which teams are gonna be in one way or another. Uh, and like those are legit national teams who both have a chance to go to New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, you know, legit, legit good teams. But you know, after that, it's a uh, you know, there's some stuff happening. I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> we'll see what definitely happens. not deep this year. <laughs> no, no. Well, I I will push back on that a little bit. I do think that. I do think that three to twelve, the average is stronger than usual. Sure, sure, right. There's no the, the bottom is right. a lot strong. Is a lot closer to the middle, and I don't know if that's maybe because the middle's taking a step back. But I know for certain the I bottom. Th- I think that's a factor. The bottom is taking a step forward, though. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing that I'll say right too is that it's kind of been consistently that we felt like the uh you know three of the four conference usa teams and obviously texas state have kind of been a tier at the bottom for really the last two years Mm -hmm. and the cool thing about it is that i do think that many of those teams have improved to the point where that's no longer the case right Right. so 
Um, you know, again, <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, in fact, just kind of like you mentioned there, um, at number 12, Texas State. So Texas State actually has a decent performance yesterday. Um, they play against Louisiana. They're competitive throughout pretty much. And, you know, I mean, this definitely was a relatively encouraging performance, I'd say, but obviously at the same time, you know, you, you have to win these close games if you're Texas State and you're 1-7 and seven at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I don't know. On Twitter, it was kind of a discussion point again. Um, Brady McBride, I believe at one point, had like five completions, two picks, and you know they they he, he, his picks are the reason why Texas State was in a fourteen nothing hole that they eventually couldn't yeah, overcome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just it just I mean the discussion's still going on, and I'm apparently according to let me see I'm trying to find uh, Drew King's quotes from Spavital. He I, I feel like Spavital's getting closer to the to the point where he feels like a change has to be made. Um. Let me see if I can find it exactly. Uh, he was talking about like calling. There we go. Uh, I, I keep telling Brady McBride we've got to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. And he goes out there and he keeps fighting and keeps playing. A lot of those picks are not on him at times. The protections got an increase, which is fair. But then he goes on to say, I got to watch the film. You look at yourself in the mirror and I ask myself, am I calling something that McBride is capable of doing? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, a lot of those. He made some. There were there were some things. There were some moments where you were like, okay, this is why they played him, right? He had like a thirty right. yard run right. or something like that, where you're like, okay, this is you know this is the athlete that we thought we were getting, and then literally the next play he threw a pick, <laughs> like, and so it was like, <laughs> all right, so it was like, okay, what's what's kind of yeah. happening here? And yeah, on top of it, you know, I'll let you take it from here, but they rushed for two hundred thirty yards and or over two hundred yards and five yards a carry. They have a good good running game, good receivers. Mm the offensive line isn't terrible and so you're wondering like okay well there's literally one piece that you that that needs to be working in order for this to be good right yeah i mean the one thing that i'll say too is that uh you know why do they only hand the ball to to sturgis and hill combined 23 times you know because because that was something that was working and um and, and even jamal jeter you know you had four more carries to that and i know that obviously I, we all know Spavital's identity, mm-hmm. obviously, is to pass the ball. I think part of it too but is they were they were losing at times too, so it might have been them pressing at times and not sure. and not sure. wanting to, you know, run two of the three downs or you know maybe things like that. Sure, sure, I, I get that, and I mean, you know, you really look at because Texas, Texas State takes a twenty-one fourteen lead, and then over the course of like ten minutes of game time, gives up. Mm-hmm what is that 23 straight points so yeah i I don't know you just it it was one of those games where you felt like okay you know if this was if this was earlier in the year i'm encouraged by this Mm -hmm. right but but again we're at game eight it's one in seven at this point like it's too late for this to just be encouraging you know what i mean like this is a point where you need to kind of you need to win some of these because I mean, I, I say this literally on every podcast, but now you finish with App, Arkansas State, and Coastal, right? Yeah. And, like, Georgia Southern's a winnable game, but it's not a win right. by any means. And then uh, Coastal just hammered <laughs> Georgia State this weekend. 
remember earlier in the year when we were like, well, you know, you have a you have a game that you can be competitive against Coastal. Well, it's <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> that uh, that is very different uh... in the year 2020 because that's what that's what we're doing here. <laughs> we're, we're having we're having Jamie Chadwell just go off on folks, but uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. So uh, Texas State, I think, pretty convincingly, still number twelve. Moving on, <clears throat> moving on to number eleven, we've got a new faller, the Baylor Bears. Oh my gosh! <sighs> okay, so so this one, I, I will say, I think that if you are either Baylor or TCU, you, you left this game feeling bad about yourself. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Because TCU goes up thirty to zero, and then they allow a twenty-three to three run. Yes. Now, the question is. Because to me, TCU's second half woes was because they just got so unaggressive, right? Yeah. Like, they just – because, you know, it's one thing to try to sit on it, and it's another thing to, like, well, let's let's run side to side for three yards right. on third and seven. Like, I don't know what that was. Um, oh, boy. Okay, so, so this was obviously just the – full Charlie Brewer experience, right? Oh, Just man. the whole, whole Charlie Brewer experience where, you know, in the second half, they got him moving a little bit, which is something that I've been imploring them to do basically all season long. Um, and he had some success, but I don't know, man. It, it's just that first half was so bad, like so unbelievably bad. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I, this sucks, right? But like, I don't understand how you keep running Charlie Brewer out there when you are getting nothing. They had two first downs in the first half. That's insane, right? And like, I mean, you're watching the game and you're like, okay, TCU is too. We, we talked about, you know, we talked about with with Parker there during the week, like, you know, oh, there are issues with, you know, the defensive ends, and you know, it's kind of it's the defense is kind of taking a step back this year if, compared to what we're used to seeing from a four-two-five. They're still a good defense, and right. they're right. too good of a defense to be worried about these RPO five yard routes. And like you're watching, like you're watching TCU, and it's like, oh, they're not afraid of anything Baylor's doing. Right. And right. then it becomes like, yeah, and then and then you realize like then Baylor's not fixing it, and then Baylor's just like, I mean, so many times you're like, okay. This is when Jerry Bohannon comes in. Or, okay, right. this is when Jacob Zeno, you know. And then we even saw Bohannon was warming up on the sideline. And yeah. I, did, yeah. he came in for a snap, or did he not come in at all? I don't think he came yeah. in. Yeah, and so, like, you're like, okay, well, what... what if Charlie Brewer is is broken, right, regardless what we know about him, mm-hmm. regardless what how you feel about him, we know he is not the same player that we saw at times during his sophomore year. Um. Yeah. No matter what you think, he is not to me. He, I don't think there's a way you can justify playing him in this condition over somebody who is healthy and at least you know can give the defense some fear. Yeah, I I don't know what their plan is. So I, this was the game I was at yesterday. So after the game, Dave Aranda did say that if we felt like another quarterback would give us a better chance to win, we would have played him, and. To me, to me, that is an indictment of where he feels those other two guys are. Sure. I, you know, I mean, I think that that's the thing, right? It's like everybody's like, well, just see what happens. And, 
You know, they, they see in practice every day, obviously, yeah. what happens. So maybe maybe it is just that bad, right? But it better be pretty freaking bad. I was about to say, like, like I could, again, I could see, I mean, he's number two in the depth chart, but I could see the argument with Bannon, right? We, we talked about the Marquise mm-hmm. Williams comparison with with Larry Fedora, but, like, I could see him saying, yeah, but, you know, but he's just not as the passer I want. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless, he's number two, so they feel like he is somewhere yeah. ahead of Jacob Zeno. And... But yeah, like you said, it better they better be like long story short to me, they one of those guys better be transferring if there's going to be if there if there's an issue of development and things like that, one yeah. of those guys better be gone because they should be trying to regardless they should be trying to force one of those guys out to maybe get a roster spot with somebody they're capable of of playing. Sure, sure. And so, you know, to me I guess the big thing is like I guess with Bohannon, it's like at least maybe you think that you can expand that quarterback run game, right? Sure. You know, like that's one thing where, like, Bohannon's way more of an athlete than Charlie Brewer is. And Charlie Brewer's an athlete, but mm-hmm. obviously he's just not as big and thick and, and explosive. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what the plan is. Um, you know, defensively, I whatever, you know, that stuff happened. I'm not that worried about the defense. I mean, a lot of it was short field stuff. A lot of it was, I mean, there were just some lapses, right? Like, I don't think that there was anything that was just, a disaster for them defensively but I mean if they're gonna if they're gonna have two first downs in the first half I mean it's like what we've talked about with Texas State before right yeah. like where where okay you know the defense is probably pretty good but like if you're gonna make them do everything they're not quite good enough to do that right and, and then like I mean, what it felt like happened. yeah and then like you know it wasn't exactly TC looked okay but like they weren't exactly destroying anything like Max Duggan got a couple passes over the top and like but it wasn't like he was surgical he just kind of gave you know took what they gave and then uh the running game was pretty good so like that that kind of obviously helped sustain most of it but it wasn't like the defense was getting picked apart they just you know they gave up a couple breaks which congrats you know if you're going to be facing a bunch of drives you're going to give up a couple things next up at number 10 we got texas tech uh texas tech played a football game on saturday (laughs) and that's not the (sighs) nicest thing i can say about them yeah, Halloween in Lubbock was a big dud. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, uh, for one drive, it felt like we were onto something. I felt like a genius. Sure. Uh, and then every other drive, <laughs> once it happens. <laughs> yeah, apparently Spencer Rattler decided he wanted to hold on to the ball this week. Uh, apparently Theo Weiss wanted to embarrass some people on the field. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those games where you're like, okay, maybe Oklahoma's finally starting to put things together, and that's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, for me, uh, look, obviously being competitive would have felt a whole lot nicer than not being competitive for Texas Tech. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm, like, extra worried based off this game. I think that Oklahoma's just try- starting to figure it out a little bit. Um, right. You know, so – uh, unfortunately, all my fun Henry Columbia stats look dumb right now because <laughs> none of those things well against Oklahoma. Two interceptions, obviously, the headliner of the day. Um, but look, you know, these games happen when you're playing against teams that are way better than you. So I'm not too worried, but it was not good. Right. Yeah, I don't know. There's not much to say about this one. Yeah, yep. So sitting at number 10, still ahead of Baylor and Texas State. Uh, then we're going to move on to number nine, North Texas, and actually number eight, UTEP. Neither of them were able to play this weekend because of rising cases in El Paso. Uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with all of them, obviously, in the city of El Paso. And this is much bigger than football, but they remain uh, unchanged from their spots from, uh, from a week ago. 
Number seven, another this just kind of happened game, UTSA. Oh, man. Yeah. So I think I watched a little bit of this, um, and then it became very apparent that what I said during the week was kind of more or less true. Uh, UTSA Mm -hmm. was just playing a team that was just more um, than them, and they couldn't. The the limitations of the offense um, really showed because they weren't fooled by anything Frank Harris did. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, there were a couple shots that he took that were pretty okay, like to, to Cephas, and, you know, he tried to keep them honest, but eventually they realized that he's not going to be a deep threat. And so, um, you know, Weeks even came in for a couple snaps. Um, Sincere McCormick, they were able to just absolutely key in on him. And as good as McCormick is against a team with the speed, like, you know, across the sideline like FAU, he's not going to be able to do much when he going yeah obviously the disappointment with this game is that this was kind of the first game that you just felt like it did not work you know that they couldn't figure overmatched right and no matter who they've played this year even up up through like BYU and all that they've managed to avoid that um you know but but look I think that when you're a team who's not as good as some of these other teams like that's not a knock they just aren't you know eventually Mm -hmm. sometimes they just come up and bite you so Again, nothing long-term to me to be worried about. Uh, and the, the crazy thing about it still, right, is like even after this loss, they're still 500, right? Like they're, right. they're still just fine. Um, you know, I think it is worth noting, right, that, that yeah, in those games that they played really well early in the season, um, yeah, I mean, they had quarterbacks who could pass a little better. And I think that, like you mentioned, being one-dimensional is starting to catch up with them a little bit when they're facing off against teams that can truly take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not much to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not much to say. So uh, moving on to number, what are we on? Number six. And this team could have fallen a little further if you really wanted to. I'm, I'm starting to get a little discouraged with Houston. Um, so, yeah. so defensively, I think that it went about how I expected like UCF is arguably the best offense in America. And if not, mm-hmm. they're top three. So, you know, them having some trouble wasn't a huge deal to me. The thing that was a, really a shock to me, like, like I, I really think it was a shock to me, was their offense. I, I did not expect them to have as much trouble as they did. Uh, Clayton Toon, his worst game in a while, obviously, mm-hmm. definitely of the season. Uh, he throws two interceptions, completes barely 50% of his passes. Uh, and, and UCF was without five starting defenders i believe uh because of a variety of issues so so when you're taking the defenders away from a team that's already pretty bad at defense i mean 21 points just feels like a failure right yeah and then like you know they got in a hole so quickly that you know even though they were able to run the ball pretty okay um they they couldn't stick with it like they you know they couldn't really see what was what was going on with it because they had to keep pressing to pass the ball because UCF was so explosive and I believe what 23 seven and a half or something like that it was something like that yeah and they obviously blew it open in the fourth quarter um and so they really didn't have a chance to really get some balance going um like we know Holgerson prefers um yeah it was the first time where you were like okay this is this Houston team might still be I don't say like a year away in terms of a bad like you know they're they're off schedule or anything but definitely no, a no. year a year away in terms of like okay they're still not quite what we think they could be yeah and i think that i do think that ultimately 
we thought that they had turned a corner a little bit with the, with some of their early performances. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think that more than anything, we're just saying they have not, right? Like they're right. still, they're better than last season, but they're not as much better than last season as we thought that they were. So, mm-hmm. and, and granted, I mean, we should, we should clarify too, like UCF is a great standard to hold them to. Like, oh yeah. UCF is like, that's what we should be hoping that Houston eventually looks like under Dana Holgerson, right? Mm-hmm. This, this mm-hmm. type of explosive offense, this speed all over the field, uh, this team that absolutely just puts your foot on teams and, you know, puts it to the curb. But, um, but yeah, just not there yet. And, you know, yeah. that's, that's okay. It's like, it's year two in a weird circumstance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same deal that I keep doing with Texas state. Right. But <laughs> you just go through the rest of their schedule and it's like, Oh no, this sucks. Cause <laughs> next week, you know who they have next week? Uh, oh, they have Cincinnati, don't they? On the road. Number oh, seven, Cincinnati man. on the road. Uh, they they get a reprieve against South Florida. They're going to win that game, no problem. Uh, then they go at SMU, which would be a really fun game, but, you know, it'll be a lot. Uh, yeah. And Cincinnati they, just put the boots to Memphis uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, it, it does make me feel better about SMU that Cincinnati's just that much better, right? right like, right. like it's one thing to – it's one thing, you know, if, if Cincinnati's like, okay, this is like a normally good AAC team and, you know – and they, and SMU gets beat like that, but no, this is just what they're doing. Now. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, again, and uh, we'll obviously get to SMU in a second, but um, but you know, you play SMU, you play, by the way, undefeated in conference Tulsa, <laughs> so there's yeah. that, and then you go on the road to Memphis. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's some stuff happening, man. I don't know. <laughs> Stretch. Yeah, this is this is as bad a schedule as I think that you'll find really anywhere in America. And I'm not just talking about like for a group of five team. I'm saying like overall, this yeah. schedule for anybody just absolutely sucks. So um, next up, uh, this is really what I'm talking about in terms of the somebody has to take a spot here. Uh, TCU, they're number five. Sure, sure, <laughs> of course they are. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like one of the, like you mentioned with the game. It was like I don't think TCU or Baylor fans should be happy about that. No, no. The big thing that I saw that I liked and that I will give them credit for is that when they targeted Quentin Johnston, good things happened. Like he mm-hmm. proved that he is a guy who can make big plays. And the other thing too, and and they kind of stopped letting him do it. But Max mm-hmm. Duggan looked really good throwing the ball, and he looked yeah. There was the shots that he get that he was able to complete. Like he looked pretty solid. Yeah, and they only let him throw the ball twenty one times. And I get it. Again, you know, you want to sit on the game. I don't think that they were quite ready to sit on the game when it's, you know, whatever twenty minutes into the football game. Like that was yeah. a little early, man. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I think that I think that credit to to them, credit to him. I think that they have some some things going on offense that are encouraging. Uh, you know, defensively, like, again, they, they played really well until they didn't. And mm-hmm. to me, it's always hard with a situation like this to figure out whether it's TC playing well or whether it's Charlie Brewer not being very good, right? Like, so, yeah. but they did what they needed to do against him for well over a half. And then, I, I mean, again, I, I don't know whether you read too much into ending slow when you're up by that much but uh but again i, I think that both teams probably don't feel the best <laughs> leaving that football game right and then we have um the running game got going i mean barlow looked really good yeah. which is yeah. I get, barlow was the guy i know um 
uh, Parker mentioned DiMarcato. They expected to be more of the guy. I thought Barlow would be more of the emerging mm-hmm. back this year. Um, his first big game, obviously, a lot was boosted by one big run. But yeah, again, they were, they were getting runs, so that <laughs> to me that's a, that's a positive sign overall. Um, Zach Evans got a big run as well. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was really cool to he see him good. dusting off the cobwebs. So. I'm hoping to see a little bit more of that explosive because that that was the thing with this this backfield it was not only it was deep but it was versatile right you mm-hmm. have explosive physical speedy you have every type of back you want and so it's like okay here are the signs of what we expected to see yeah and and I'll say for Barlow I didn't know whether he was going to be like an if he was going to be an explosive for a college back but he he actually looked really explosive yesterday um, against Baylor's defense, and you know there were there were two or three plays where he made one guy miss and was was off for you know thirty forty fifty yards, and so um, yeah, I mean I, I think again I think that there are good signs to take. I thought that the offensive line played pretty well. Uh, you know, again it, I don't know how much of what is what, right? But I think that. I think that the big thing is that you know that you can rely on Max Duggan, Quentin Johnston, and Darwin Barlow. And the more guys you add to that list, the better. So moving on to number four, we got the Rice Owls. Rice, uh, here's the deal with Rice. Heading in, you know, we kind of felt like, okay, they're playing against Middle Tennessee, who's a much worse team, but obviously it was their first game, and uh, Rice's first game, rather. So I wasn't that bothered by how slow they started the game. And I felt like, okay, we saw a lot of things to be encouraged about. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I think that they proved us absolutely right this week. Uh, they went and killed Southern Miss. Just absolutely killed them. Uh, let me pull up the final score. But it was like, it was like 33 30 to, to 6. 30 to 6. Yeah. I mean that's that's very encouraging. Yeah. It was it was I mean again, we 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 <clears throat> we expected with the turmoil going on at Hattiesburg that we were going to do that they were that we hoped they would do something like this. Yeah. Um because they were obviously the more uh I don't uh, structurally sound team I guess would be yeah. the best, I mean, the best they, way to put it. They that. have a head coach. They have a head coach, and they've had a head coach um, for all year, um, and so. But yeah, like this, this is basically what it was. It was, it was, it was them establish. I mean, I hate these to do it, but establishing the run with with Otaviano, uh, Mike Collins hitting passes when he needed to, hitting some big passes too when he needed to when the defense allowed, and them just smothering Southern Miss on offense. Like it was, I mean, it was intellectual brutality. You know, yeah. what, what, what we expected to see. Yeah, uh, to take it to a in a slightly different direction for a second, we were talking about in in our work Slack yesterday about mm-hmm. the fact that our our preseason All Texas College receivers it's been a struggle, right? Like it's yeah. obviously a lot of guys hurt, a lot of guys injured. Um, obviously, Jamin Osborne opting out, and so uh, here's my question: If he can continue this pace, who's keeping Austin Trammell off of the postseason All Texas College team? He, <laughs> he has been tremendous through the first two games of the season. And the first game, it took them a little bit of time to, to get on the same page. But, but against, in this game against Southern Miss, seven catches, 143 yards, three touchdowns. That's crazy stuff. And oh including a 72-yard touchdown. Like, uh, when, when Brad Rosner opted out, you know, we, we kind of felt like, obviously, Trammell was going to have to play bigger than he's played the last couple of years. And 
I mean, through two games, he already has more touchdowns than he's ever had in a single season in his career. So he has stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that Mike Collins looked really good again. It, it definitely looks like he got comfortable a lot earlier and, uh, and that's encouraging. So I think that Rice is in a good place right now. I, I'm actually very excited for this Rice versus UTSA game next week. I think that's going to tell us a whole lot about where both of these teams are, honestly. So, uh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So how about that? Rice versus UTSA, an exciting game. Can't wait. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on to number three. Uh, this, is, this is what I'm talking about with like the somebody has to be in the top three. Uh, and that team is the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Tom Herman <laughs> pulled another underdog win out of his ass. Uh, Texas was so far and away the worst team in this game. And oh, God. They just stuck around like they do. They forced mistakes, and Sam Ellinger did Sam Ellinger things. And guess what? <laughs> Win's a win. And Spencer Rattler, or uh, Spencer Sanders did Spencer Sanders things, and oh, he turned the man. ball over and was not. <clears throat> I believe took a bad sack too late in the game. Like it, it was, it was the full Spencer Sanders experience. Um, yeah, and he, I mean, he was a big reason why they were in it. Obviously, Sam Ellinger. <clears throat> Played okay, but he, he it was that it was definitely that gritty, more freshman Sam Ellinger that we saw, where it was like, why? Where where? Remember his freshman year, we're like, I don't quite know why they're playing this kid, but he kind of wins, so I'm I'm okay with it. Like, where yeah. he's kind of throwing for 150 yards, running for like 80, and just kind of, but just willing the team forward. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess this kid's got something going. And it was right. kind of a throwback to that Sam Ellinger. Yeah, yeah. Just just for a second on the uh, on the Spencer Sanders front. So Spencer Sanders completes 27 of 39 passes for 400 yards and four touchdowns, which is obviously yeah. just tremendous numbers right like huge 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 numbers uh and and actually has like a 35 yard run in there too has a couple of big runs uh here's the issue one interception okay you can live with that three fumbles three Three. (laughs) and then he sacked five times and a lot of those were bad sacks (laughs) yeah a lot of those were his faults like you know you i think that you can kind of attribute you can kind of tell when a sack is the fault of the offensive line versus the fault of the quarterback you know that's something that I've kind of ragged on Charlie Brewer about a little bit too is that I feel like a lot of the sacks are his fault Mm -hmm. uh and Spencer Sanders those sacks were his fault (laughs) I mean it's just the the final numbers just looking at them is absolutely hilarious okay Texas didn't win a single thing yes (laughs) except except we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute Joseph Ozai is yes. absolute monster and hopefully a first round pick because he is incredibly yes. talented and he destroyed this game when Texas needed him to. But other than him, Texas won no other facet of the game. Again, though, to be clear, 5 0 turnover advantage. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But, fair enough. but yardage Oklahoma State beat them 530 to 287. Passing yards 400 to 169. Rushing yards 130 to 118. Like, they're, even penalty yards, uh, Texas had 142 penalty yards to Oklahoma yeah. State's 70. Yeah. Like, what is this? I, I don't know how this happens, but, but this is, this is the, the crap that Tom Herman pulls, man. He, he just sticks yeah. around. And, and then, obviously, you know, Sam Ellinger is, is – I mean, my goodness. How many, how many quarterbacks are you taking in a fourth-down game-winning situation over Sam Ellinger, right? Like, that's <sighs> – not, not many. a lot. Not, not a lot. many at all. I like. I understand why people say stuff and whatever about about Ellinger and and whatever. You know, I mean, he's the quarterback at Texas, right? We we made a whole cover story about how controversial it is to be the the quarterback at Texas, obviously. Right. 
but the one thing that you can never, ever, ever say about him is that he doesn't go out and win you games at the end. Like he is, I mean, he's, he's at least in, in like the last 10 years, I mean, he's up there with anybody in terms of doing that. So man, uh, so Texas is alive again. Uh, they're four and two. Um, you have to think that there's some chance that they could be threatening to get ranked again after this. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. With, considering how weird this season is with just, you know, not knowing who's good and who's ranked and who's not and who is ranked. And I mean, they're going to, they're probably going to be receiving votes um, yeah, yeah. this week. And then they have a very, very, very winnable game against West Virginia. So, mm-hmm. But again, Tom Herman as a favorite versus Tom Herman as a underdog <laughs> is a thing. So right, right, right. who knows? They could lay an egg and then, you know, go to Kansas and have to take out frustration there. But, I mean, the, the remaining schedule isn't terrible. Like, you know, Iowa State's tough, but they haven't been – they still haven't just quite hit the level that I think we thought they could. And yeah. Kansas State's been inconsistent too. So, yeah, you know – The all-explosion offense did, in fact, fail them this week. <laughs> right, right. And so, you know – eight wins still in the bag yeah and, and again in a in a in a 10-win season obviously so right. yeah i mean look this is what happens this is what always happens with texas men they just do some stuff and and it looks all right so uh but yeah i mean this was their toughest game left of the year and you know the thing is too right they've already played oklahoma and so you know that loss is already in the books you know as oklahoma starts to get better so I don't think that there's a team ahead of them that's peaking right now, right? Like, I think that yeah. every team is kind of regressing right now that they're about to play. You know, Iowa State, I think, you know, they'll they'll be better by the time that they play, but mm-hmm. not a lot better, right? So, <sighs> damn it, Texas, you've done it again. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on to, uh, to the top two. Um, I think that I see no reason that any team's even going to get close to threatening these top two atop the state. Uh, number two, we're going with the SMU Mustangs. Uh, don't let this final score fool you, right? The final was 51 to 37. Navy scored a whole bunch of points that weren't real <laughs> at the end of the game. Right, yeah, it was definitely like a flurry of SMU not caring. Yes, it, the, it, at one point in the fourth quarter, it was 51 to 17. Yes. So like, this was an absolute blowout. So don't let the don't let the numbers think that the defense played a bad game or anything like that. This was a total team effort. Um, Ulysses Bentley was was the player of the game by far. Twenty five carries, one hundred forty nine yards, two touchdowns, and led the team with sixty eight receiving yards. Uh, yeah, I mean this was this was kind of what I was hoping to see. I was hoping to see Bentley kind of deal with being a workhorse back a little better. The one thing that I'll say about that is that obviously Navy is not playing with 300 defense, 300 pound defensive linemen, which has kind of been more of the issue that Bentley's (laughs) had. Um, So, you know, I I don't know exactly how much you take away from it, but I'll tell you what too, right? Like Navy was the team that kind of embarrassed SMU at the end of last year and, uh, and made them feel a little worse about where they were at. So uh, look, I think that if nothing else, I think that SMU exercised some demons. Definitely. I think when you look at, when you look at Navy, and it, obviously we talked about SMU wanting to get off to a good start and that's exactly what they did. I mean, they scored 30 points in the second quarter, put the game away very quickly and then Navy was chasing the rest of the time. Um, anytime Navy has over 200 yards passing, you know, it's a bad day for Navy. Um, and so that's exactly what happened. They had two, you know, uh, Tyler got Tiger Gosselin and then Dalen Morris both had over, um, over a hundred yards, which means they were trying to find something and, 
not really being able to find something because the flex bone is not meant to be uh, chasing a deficit. So right. uh, congrats. I mean, you know, they did what we hoped they would do, which is put the foot to a inferior opponent. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of funny at the end there when uh, when things got just close enough that they're like, all right, I guess we got to put Bouchelle back in. Right. <laughs> just like, like for life. Fine. Ugh, fine. All right, we'll do it. Uh, well, well, let me see Terrence Gibson throw the ball. I just want to see him throw the ball like a couple of times, right? Like, sure, sure, sure. That's always that's always the thing that sucks about these end of game situations is that they're just like, yeah, run the the running play and you know just hand the ball off, even though right, we're don't turn it over. Game. Right, right. That sucks. Come on, let me see yeah. what's next. Let me see what's coming. So. <laughs> By the way, on, on one quick other note, I didn't notice this until this past week. Did you realize that they switched William Brown to wide receiver from quarterback? Oh, I did not. Yeah, I was just looking okay. at their roster earlier this week. And this might have been something that happened over the offseason. Sure, we sure. We just, yeah. But um, no, I was, oh. I was going through kind of looking at their wide receiver depth. And yeah, apparently William Brown is, uh, is now wide receiver, which is why, obviously, Terrence Gibson has gotten in the game. At quarterback, right. interesting because I mean, uh, obviously William Brown was somebody who started a couple of games in mm-hmm. Dykes' first season, so that's interesting. I, I guess he, I guess he's one of those players where they thought that he was too good to not see the field, but obviously Definitely. not good enough to <laughs> to challenge right. Him, Michelle. Right, right, right. And so I mean, and he's a big kid, right? Six three, two twenty, very athletic. Right. We saw that during his freshman season, so uh, a little bit of a surprise that that he. I'm curious like, if what is he? Is he a junior sophomore? He's a sophomore, and so um, I'm wondering and, if he's somebody that they maybe consider throwing back. Maybe, yeah, it'll be maybe interesting a Derek King, maybe a Derek King type situation where they throw him at wide receiver for a couple just to get him some time, and then you know maybe when Shane Michelle moves on, um, throw sure. him back at quarterback. Sure, it'll be interesting to watch, but uh, obviously a very talented player. So I, I think it's the right decision. Get him on the field if you can. So. Yep. Uh, finishing off Texas A&M, a big win over Arkansas. Actually, this is kind of crazy, right? This is the biggest win over Arkansas that they've had in four years. And that includes two years where, uh, where Chad Morris was leading them to zero SEC wins. But uh, <laughs> Texas A&M, 42-31 win. Uh, Arkansas scored a late touchdown to make it look closer than it was. It was 42-24 for the vast majority. Actually, Arkansas scored 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. So it was 42-17. Um, Look, I, I think that this was one of the better games that we've seen Kellen Mond play. Uh, oh, my gosh, for sure. Yeah. They, Kellen Mond is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, Arkansas has been a team that's actually been able to, to cause some issues specifically by, uh, by playing well in pass defense. Obviously, you know, against Ole Miss, they had, what, five interceptions. But, but Kellen Mond, 21 for 26, three touchdowns. I mean, that, that's as good of numbers as you'll see. And the guy who really, really looked good out there, too, was Jalen Weidermeyer. I mean, he mm-hmm. has really emerged as, as a pass-catching option for him. And I think that one thing that we noticed, too, is that when Kellen Mond has a safety blanket at tight end, he is just a completely different player. Yeah, he knows he has that check down or that little safety valve where he, could, he has somebody who he knows is going to catch the ball and is going to be open. Um, and we, you know, we, we've been waiting for that for that to emerge, we thought it would against Texas, but um, obviously, or against uh, Florida, but obviously, um, I'm forgetting his name. Um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, the wide receiver from from AM who just got injured. Um, oh, oh, my uh, 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 oh my gosh. Caleb Chapman. 
Yes, uh, we thought it would be him, obviously, and then he got hurt and is out for the year. So we were hoping for somebody yes. else to kind of emerge and then as a pass catching option, not necessarily a wide receiver. And it looks like Watermeyer is turning into that guy because, um, and then as we know, Jimbo Fisher loves tight ends. So yeah, yeah. Um, loves to have those reliable big bodies. Yeah, no question about it. <clears throat> Uh, another guy, I, I never know, is it Hezekiah Jones or Hezekiah Jones? I don't know how he says I it. I thought it was Hezekiah. I think it is Hezekiah, but I always, that name's always going to get me. But, uh, right. but he, he had his first game in two years, actually, and had five catches as well. So that right. definitely was a big thing for them, just to get a guy who's been on campus, who, who knows what he's doing back in the game. Um, and Anaya Smith, obviously, a big game, too. So really credit to A&M across the board. Like, I think that's... Arkansas found some momentum offensively, but it was really kind of after the game was already decided. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not especially concerned about those things. Um, another thing I'm, I'm hoping to see a little bit more of, we saw a little bit of explosiveness from Devonna Chan, which mm-hmm. if they have two capable, if they have a guy who can spell Isaiah Spiller in some downs, definitely. Oh my goodness, especially somebody with the athletic capabilities of a Chan, like, he really that that touchdown run was really impressive and you were like oh, okay there's the guy from Fort Ben Marshall who we thought could make an impact well and, and correct me if I'm wrong but he had been playing primarily receiver before so it was good to see him back at running back it definitely yeah. looked like it was a good fit so yeah well we'll go through it again real quick uh number 12 Texas State number 11 Baylor number 10 Texas Tech number 9 North Texas number 8 UTEP number 7 UTSA number 6 Houston number 5 TCU number 4 Rice number 3 Texas and the top two in the state the SMU Mustangs and number one the Texas A&M Aggies so whew, like I mentioned uh there are two good teams in the state and Texas is kind of sticking around too and then there's a lot going on so <laughs> Definitely, definitely a weird year. But I'll tell you what, I mean, the, the cool thing about that, right, is that I love going into these games and having no clue what's going to happen. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, because obviously it's great. Obviously it's great when you got, you know, a 2005 text where it's like, they're going to murder everybody. But like, you know, there's something to be said about going into, a, like we mentioned, a UTSA Rice game being like, oh my gosh, we're going to learn something today. We don't know what's going to happen. I, I just, you know, there's something fun about that. Too. I'm sure it's, it's less fun for, uh, for obviously fans of that team, but at least for people who are kind of outside like that, <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, real quick, uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Nortex Honda Dealers. If there's one team or one unit or one player who could have used a helping hand this past week, who is it? Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's easy to say tech, but, I mean, again, those kind of games just happen, and Oklahoma might be back to being a killing machine. Um, I think it's got to be Charlie Brewer. Um, yeah, I hate to say it, but they, he needs some help moving that ball down the field. And Baylor's offense needs some help doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, whether it's, a, whether it's a set of hands last week, like we were talking about with CCU, you know, being an extra set of linemen, whether it's, a, you know, whether it's another receiver on the field so Brewer yeah. can have somebody running free. Like, it's, it's been a struggle out there for Baylor's offense. And, um, and yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I will say, Again, in that second half, they got Craig Williams, Squirrel Williams, as he likes to be called, going. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there, there were some nice things there, but that Baylor offense is a little bit of a mess, man. And, yeah, they could definitely use some Honda helping hands. So thanks to our sponsor, North Texas Honda Dealers. 
again, go follow our new account at DCTFCFB. We're going to be posting from there all the time. Obviously, we'll post this episode from that account too. Uh, and look, the, the fun thing about this too is that now that we've created this account as well, like we don't have to be as serious as the main account, right? So already, I mean, we have, we have a text going back like two days being like, all right, what next? What next? Right. <laughs> what, what meme should we post next? All sorts of stuff. So it's a, it's definitely, it definitely lets us be a little bit more fun, um, which we enjoy. So uh, I think that if you've learned one thing listening to this podcast, it's that Ish and I are very much in the uh, in the fun side of college football mode, uh, the the EDSBS sort of molds of college football watchers. <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna have some fun with it. So make sure and follow us at DCTF CFB. Uh, one other thing before we go, if you haven't as yet, make sure and pick up your basketball magazine, TexasBasketball.com/store. We got some exciting matchups coming up. Basketball's just around the corner. Now that uh, I guess, man, it's November today. What? Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. So. Yeah, fall back, man, is daylight savings too. Fall back. Which fall I back. still don't know why is the thing that exists, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's the one thing in America that Arizona does better than other people, and that's it. That's the only thing, because they don't do daylight savings. Turn your clocks back. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can find all of our work at TexasFootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell Sucks Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF and at DCTFCFB. If you're not a subscriber, become one at textfootball.com slash subscribe. I think that's pretty much do it for us. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us, and we will be back with you guys again next week.